Yes, it's an overnight success. Not so much. I've been hosting and syndicated my own technology-related national talk show since the mid-90s. That was the dawn of the digital age. Over the last 20 years, computers and the Internet have changed, well, everything. There has been one constant, though. The Internet eats everything it sees. One industry after another has just been totally consumed by the Internet. Think about it. Music, movies, and television. And now transportation, thanks to Uber and Lyft. And it certainly doesn't end there. The next industry to be consumed by the web is going to usher in the most profound change to our economy yet. Do you know what that is? It's the sound of the machine that could disrupt manufacturing as we know it. It's a 3D printer. They've been around for many years, but only in the last few years that they've become smaller and cheaper. These machines are able to create almost anything you can imagine. Toys, shelving units, replacement parts, tools, model homes, and thousands of other objects. The plans for these items are contained in a small computer file that can be downloaded right from the Internet. Those plans can then be sent to a 3D printer. And a few hours later, well, out pops the object right there. The printer's head methodically moves back and forth, adding layer after layer of plastic. The process is very similar to your inkjet printer. But instead of spraying ink on two-dimensional pieces of paper, it's actually using plastic to create real objects that you can hold. A decent 3D printer can cost as little as $1,500. The implications of this technology are just profound. It's going to turn manufacturing on its head. One of the first people to realize the revolutionary potential of 3D printing was a young man from Texas. His name is Cody Wilson. In 2012, he was a law student at the University of Texas. He was, and he still is, a passionate defender of gun owner rights. That year, he posted a video on YouTube and announced that he and some friends, they had a dream. Well, a group of friends and I decided to, to band together under a, a collective name. We're not a company, we're not a corporation, we're not even a business association of any kind. We just call ourselves Defense Distributed. And we want to share with you an idea. And this idea is not original. This idea has been had before. Um, but it's an idea whose time has come. And we think we have a way to get there. The Defense Distributed Project has developed an idea that we're calling the WikiWeb. It would be the world's first 3D printable personal defense system. It didn't take long for Cody's dream of a 3D printable weapon to come to fruition. After working out most of the engineering problems of manufacturing a gun out of plastic, in 2013, they released the plans to the public for a gun that they called the Liberator. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando, and in this Commando On Demand podcast, I'm going to speak with Cody Wilson about something called the Ghost Gun. It's a firearm that can be manufactured by anyone with a computer, a 3D printer, and an internet connection. And I see it all the time. Gun control remains this highly charged debate, especially following high-profile mass shootings like the recent one in Las Vegas and Texas. Gun rights advocates argue it's the person who pulls the trigger that should be held liable for their actions. And those who oppose, say, easy access to weapons, that's the cause for such violence. The Commando On Demand podcast is brought to you in part by iDrive. Protect all your data on all your PCs, Macs, servers, and mobile devices to one iDrive account. 
Switch to iDrive today from any competing service and get 90% off your first year. iDrive.com, promo code Kim. Hi, Cody. Thanks for joining me today. So tell me, how did this all get started for you? Sure. Um, my company, Defense Distributed, began as just a pure software company. We were using uh, 3D printers on other type of fabricators, digital fabricators, to see if we could reproduce the guns and, and gun parts, working guns. What you're doing is much different than, say, your average technology company. Distributing plans for 3D printed guns is as much political as it is technological. The politics of it became like, could we could we reproduce an organization like WikiLeaks for guns? Would the internet be able to just download guns and gun parts for you? And you know, it was kind of radical in its ambitions. And this, this culminated, this work culminated in a perhaps one of the first completely downloadable and printable pistols. So let me ask you, how difficult was it to design a gun that you knew would be printed by a 3D printer? By the end of the day, yes, there were some some engineering hurdles, like what's the what's the proper way to create a printed barrel. These are big questions, but they were actually solved pretty quickly by the time we actually sat down to solve them. So the, the gun itself only took about three or four weeks of engineering. It was the many months preceding that of building a kind of infrastructure that was the more like, I don't know, intrepid endeavor. You went to law school. Were you worried about the legalities of creating a weapon like this? Along that time, I, I began to also see many world governments, including our own, sitting on our servers, observing our progress. And, and I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be... Uh, you know, this might not be something they let you get away with. Uh, but, but I wanted to, uh, uh, what can I say? I wanted to do it regardless. So is this actually legal? But if this is done under your own power with your own equipment, uh, there aren't the same regulatory attachments as there would be if you were a commercial manufacturer. So there's not the requirement to, regu- or to, to register your gun or to serialize your gun. So yeah, we give you a piece of equipment, which you, know, you may not buy if it's in a ten dollars or $20,000 package, but you, you might consider if it's sub $2,000. But you caught the attention of the authorities, right? I saw the State Department's Office of Trade Control's compliance claimed you violated regulations against the international export of unapproved arms and ordered you to take down the plans for the gun shortly after you posted them. There's a political military bureau of affairs in the State Department that enforces the arms export control laws. And the scenario they imagined was that actually by posting this type of content to the Internet, it was a de facto export in contradiction to the export control laws. That's a matter for debate and a matter for a judge to determine. And we still haven't gotten to the bottom of it. Cody and Defense Distributed didn't stop their work after the government ordered the plans for their gun off the Internet. They continued to release 3D printable plans for things like gun magazines. In early October, they began to sell a new product. They're calling it the Ghost Gunner. It's another computer-controlled machine called a Computer Numerical Controlled Mill, or CNC Mill for short. The mill allows the user to carve metal into any shape imaginable. The Ghost Gunner can even craft a receiver for an AR-15 assault rifle. You see, under U.S. law, a gun isn't a gun until it contains a fully operational receiver. The receiver is the bottom part of a rifle that contains the firing mechanism. All the other parts of the gun, the barrel, the stock, and the pistol grip, are not regulated. You can buy as many as you like on the Internet. This is called an 80% gun because it lacks a functional receiver. And that's what the Ghost Gunner does. It will mill a fully functional receiver for you turning your 80% gun into a fully automatic assault rifle. So it's just a a complimentary effort of 
the already much larger revolution in, in microcontrollers and cheap computing and, and cheap CNC equipment. Uh, we've just made something really tidy, really rigid that can finish gun parts to, uh, to spec. I guess I have to ask you this. Why did you want to release the CNC mill you're calling the ghost gunner in the first place? It's actually already legal to do this work in the United States. I mean, a U.S. citizen has no has no trouble making a gun for himself or herself. So what we're actually doing is more of, we think it has more symbolic value, demonstrative value that, of course, you can have anything that you want if you can make it. And it's it's become quite easy to make these types of weapons. How easy? We, we do satisfy consumer expectations, and it is relatively easy. I even have like Vietnam vets, for example, who've taught themselves how to use computers specifically so they could use our machine. You haven't put together defense distributed like your typical technology company. Initially, you were set up as a nonprofit. Why did you do that? I was always looking for a long-term vision. You know, the left has its kind of bed uh, noirs in, in organizations like Planned Parenthood. The right just can't stand it, right? And But the right really doesn't have you know, social NGOs that the left just can't really take. I was thinking at the time, oh, defense distributed would be like, you know, a nonprofit and it's tax deductible to help give people gun parts for free. (laughs) Something crazy like that. Are you worried that you're going to end up in jail because of this work? Honestly, the the real impediments to our work are at a a lower level, less glamorous kind of stuff. Like uh, DOJ has, has been implicated in pressuring banks to not accept or acquire merchants related to the firearms community. We suffer at the lower level, like the smaller smaller industry players do. It's just uh, difficult sometimes in this industry to get the same type of financial and legal services that you might expect. Uh, what do the traditional gun companies think of you? Is defense distributed a threat to companies like Smith & Wesson? Our industry now has really found a way to, to cater to customization, personalization, and intense like builds from, I don't know, really a personalized point of view. And the industry has never really offered or catered to that before. So uh, industry at least is having to get more competitive to satisfy what are becoming new expectations because of the, the current state of technology. But why are you doing this, Cody? Aren't you afraid of backlash from critics and the anti-gun movement? And honestly, should people be able to make a weapon as simply as, say, printing a Word document? We believe in, it's kind of like a possibilist attitude. I mean, we just, we hope that something new can be created because people have this, we consider this just one one tally uh, on the side of the little guy, and just one tiny additional thing that you can do to uh, maintain something like an individual sovereignty. Coming up, we're going to talk about if this technology is dangerous. So stay right where you are. Home isn't just a place. It's a feeling. Whether you're at home, your business, or online, ADT helps keep you safe. With security systems, home automation, alarms, and surveillance, so you can feel at home wherever you are. Go to ADT.com to get that feeling. ADT. Home. Safe. Home. I'm speaking with Cody Wilson. In 2012, he was a law student at the University of Texas. That's also the year he posted a video about making a gun from a 3D printer. So, Cody, do you think this technology is dangerous? Yeah, so this type of technical advancement and, and this type of advocacy is, is indeed dangerous. You know, I'm not trying to make it too abstract, but yeah, I mean, if, if your point of view is that like uh, uh, we should control the capital stock of all guns in the country and, and know literally every single person who makes them, well, you've got quite a problem ahead of you now because of devices like ours and, and efforts like ours. Now, 
Do you think this is what our founding fathers had in mind when they crafted the Second Amendment? Yeah, I would call it I would call it a pretty broad interpretation. I mean, my my good faith reading is that the Second Amendment is a bar on federal power to limit the people from getting military grade weapons. It seems to be a basically a guarantee that the people should have access to military grade arms. Military grade arms? Shouldn't there be any limits on any kind of weapon? Should I be able to legally buy a shoulder fired missile? No, actually, like I'm, I'm willing to go pretty far in terms of small arms uh, and and light arms. Um, I think you know even James Madison, and when I read the Federalist Papers and stuff, uh, I think you get some of these Republican radicals to agree that uh, RPGs and and stingers are uh, you know the people's right. Uh, I I really think that that you know that's, that's a good faith interpretation on my part. I'm sure you have big plans on the horizon, Cody. What's next for Defense Distributed? I think there's a whole range of, of popular pistols that we can that we can get done for people. And then there's things we're learning all the time. So new new kinds of vertical milling, new kinds of, you know, wireless digital probing. I mean, uh, the digital revolution is exciting. And the fact that this all sits on $5 computers and, and $10 stepper motors and stuff, I mean, it gives you a lot of, a lot of runway to experiment and reconfigure and, and build new things. Thanks for joining me, Cody. I appreciate hearing from you firsthand. Oh, pleasure. Thank you so much. Now, as you can imagine, not everyone's thrilled with the idea of cheap, untraceable guns being printed across America on a $1,500 3D printer. The challenge is trying to regulate and control this weapon. As you can imagine, it's very difficult. And it's illegal to transfer these so-called ghost guns under federal law. But it's not a crime to possess one. California is the only state where these weapons have been specifically regulated. In 2016, California lawmakers passed a law requiring 3D gun printers to obtain serial numbers for their weapons from the state. The man leading that charge against ghost guns in California was Democratic State Senator Kevin DeLeon. The firearms are called ghost guns because they do not have serial numbers and the owners have not undergone a background check because nobody even knows that they exist. Also, 3D printed guns may have detachable metal pieces and be slipped past metal detectors. DeLeon told reporters in 2014 why he thinks ghost guns should be heavily regulated and controlled. He actually held up a 3D printed weapon right in front of all the reporters. This was not manufactured with a legitimate gun manufacturer, either in the United States or in another country. This was actually made illegally in someone's garage. And this was also, my understanding, a use in a crime in the state of California. DeLeon may have succeeded in getting a law passed to better track these weapons, but it still relies on people producing ghost guns to reveal that they actually made one. As you can imagine, it's going to be difficult for those who produce untraceable weapons at home. They're not going to be willing to do that. But even if harsher, more restrictive laws come into place, that isn't likely going to solve the problem either. Do you remember back about 20 years ago, the recording industry tried to stop music file sharing. They sued Napster right out of existence. Napster disappeared, but file sharing didn't. As a matter of fact, it still goes on today. Homemade guns are reality. The full effect of what that reality means for our country actually remains to be seen. Thanks for listening to this Commando On Demand podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to share this information with your family members and friends. My podcasts are available on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. But the best way to listen is to get them in the free commando.com app. 
Just search for Commando in iTunes or Google Play. Oh, and by the way, would you like to watch my show live or maybe on demand on your schedule? You can if you're a Kim's Club member. Learn more at club.commando.com. And also, as a Kim's Club member, you can even come by and be my guest in the studio next time you're in Phoenix. And to listen to my show wherever you may be all across America, go to commando.com slash radio. The huge credit bureau breach may have dropped off your newsfeed, but your information may not have dropped off the dark web. Once your personal information is out there, thieves can use it to steal your identity for months, even years after a breach. Fortunately, it's not too late to get protection with LifeLock. Sign up today and we'll begin using proprietary technology to monitor your personal information for threats, including new accounts in your name, money being stolen from your 401k, or your information being sold on the dark web. And if there's a problem, one of our U.S.-based identity restoration agents will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, you'll know your identity is on our radar, even if the last breach is long forgotten. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK today to get 10% off when you use promo code KIM. That's promo code KIM. LifeLock. More detection, more protection.